Kasha! This is Michelangelo, aka Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. So this week, we actually decided to shift gears a little bit, and we wanted to cover the Ninja Turtles Power Ranger crossover comic book of the Ninja Turtles and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, And we'll get more into the details of why we did that uh, after we sign out at the end of the episode. Um, But for now, uh, we don't want to get too heavy with things we would like to talk about those issues yes this crossover started in 2019 and uh if i remember correctly like the first three parts came out and then the pandemic hit so it took like another six months or so for the crossover to actually finish oh wow yeah it's a it's a it's a yeah there was a big gap in the middle of this um kind of a big unintentional uh, cliffhanger yeah, I I had no idea. I I personally this is the first time I've read it uh because I've just never really had my only connection with Power Rangers was when I was a kid I had a hand-me-down bedspread that uh, was on my bed. I thought the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers looked super cool on it. It was the Mighty Morphin ones. But uh I never actually got to watch the show and so like it just never was like a formative experience of my childhood and so I never really got into it all that much someone wasn't born in the 90s yeah i, I was born in the if 90s you were 90s if you were well, yeah but you're not a 90s kid i was born like in 97 keith over here you're, you're like yeah. academically a 90s kid you were born in the 90s end of end of analysis <laughs> yeah whereas keith and i we experienced the 90s remember pogs man yes i do pogs. i still i still have my yeah. pogs somewhere they're they're back in elf form. I'm pretty sure uh, I had Mighty Morphin Power Ranger pogs. I definitely did. Um, so yeah, so the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, huge deal. Um, I don't think, I, I mean, I loved the Power Rangers when I was younger. Uh, and said on this podcast that my mother did not like the Power Rangers uh, and forbade me from watching it. However, I did anyway. Uh, I don't think i ever got out of turtles though like and shifted over to power rangers um but as like also as i got older like i grew to have like a certain appreciation for the power rangers because of like just this this cool legacy and the fact that the show is still going on like to this day um and every you know new 
iteration is a new team. Um, but kind of like kind of like Turtles, where 87 will always be like the one that everyone remembers the most, uh, Mighty Morphin is that one. And so in, uh, I think it was 2017, uh, Boom Studios, uh, little one of the smaller in, uh, independent comic book companies, uh, announced that they were launching a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic book. Uh, written by Kyle Higgins, and the book uh, was instantly huge. Uh, taking place, I believe, uh, yeah, taking place before the show's third season, where uh, Tommy turns into the White Ranger. Uh, it picks up like you know, Tommy is still the Green Ranger, um, you know, and it's still the original Jason, Zach, Trini, Kimberly, and Billy. Uh, the book immensely popular, builds on new mythos, adds a ton of new stuff. We get a fantastic new kind of dark future version of Tommy named Lord Draken, who is like the White Ranger and the Green Ranger like combined. Um, just cool, cool stuff. Uh, and in 2019, they announced that they would finally be meeting the Ninja Turtles for the first time. And I know what some people are saying, but Mike, the Power Rangers oh, yeah. already met the Ninja Turtles, not the Mighty Morphin ones. Those were the in space Rangers. Yeah, and it wasn't really a team up either. They, they were kind of at odds with each other, if I remember correctly. Well, it was it was a team up. Um, they did they did team up and at the end, but they were being uh, mind controlled at the beginning of the episode. Might have fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> it's 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 definitely a low part of <laughs> the turtles' history, um, <laughs> but it but they crossed over with the next mutation turtles because those were both Savon uh, shows at the time. I mean, I personally like it. Um, it's very cheesy, but I mean, I also love everything that's cheesy turtles. So um, your mileage may vary, obviously. But what was really cool about this is that this book was very much like specifically being written with the modern kind of turtles in mind um, with how IDW's currently been treating them and with how the Boom Studios comics have been treating them. So where it's more, it's a lot more like it's still fun and kind of cheesy. Like they still, you know, power cannon you know, go, go, Power Rangers. Like they still all say that in this book. But what's really cool is that, you know, it, it's it's that modern, that modern like kind of coolness. Um, it's really just kind of hard to describe. Um, so the book is written by uh, Ryan Parrott uh, with art by uh, Simone DeMeo, uh, who I love as an artist on another book I'm reading uh, called We Only Find Them When They're Dead. Um, written by Al Ewing, and just this this crossover just kind of blew everybody's minds because it it kind of came out of nowhere, but like it was kind of expected too because like the Power Rangers comic got so huge. It was like it's it's surprising it hadn't happened before, you know. Like that, that was, was it in twenty nineteen and not ninety seven or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that was the general consensus was like, you know. And that's why like, I had to stress, like, this is the first time, like, the Ninja Turtles, like, have met the Mighty Morphin Rangers. 
Rangers because, like I said, they did technically meet Power Rangers, just not the, just not you know the Mighty Morphin ones. Yeah. Um, and it is kind of a case of like, oh, this probably should have happened sooner. Um, but but also like remember they were rivals, you know, back then. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Power Rangers kind of dethroned Turtles from like the pop culture, uh, you know, kind of the pop culture brain sphere. So yeah, it's 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 cool that like this this comic exists because it is it is just kind of a perfect like time capsule of everything that makes these two. So cool. So we're ready to jump into them. I think we are. Let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. All right. So this first issue was released on December 4th of 2019. The Power Rangers are fighting another evil monster sent by Rita, but Tommy, the Green Ranger, is missing. Despite being a man down, the Rangers win. In New York, the Turtles are fighting Foot Ninja. They're going down pretty quick until Raph gets taken down by one after Raph removed his mask. The Foot Ninja's mask, to be precise. The Foot Ninja is Tommy Oliver, the Green Ranger. But the Ninja Turtles don't know this at the time. Tommy regroups the ninjas and gives them a successful retreat. The other Power Rangers are worried about where Tommy might be since he's been missing and unresponsive. The only way they'll be able to locate him is if he morphs. At Foot HQ, Karai commends Tommy for how he held himself in battle and she sends him on another mission. He's retrieving the device he was sent after when the turtles drop in to stop him. It's then that he morphs and he assumes that the turtles are some of the menagerie of monsters the rangers fight on a normal basis. The other Power Rangers drop in since they've been able to locate them. The other Power Rangers drop in since they're now able to locate him and join Tommy against the turtles, making the same assumptions about them that Tommy did. Tommy explains to Kim, the pink ranger, that he has to go and that he's doing secret stuff that he can't explain before he ducks out. On a distant rooftop, Shredder and Karai watch the battle. Shredder already knew that Tommy was the Green Ranger, and he has plans. Bum, bum, bum. We go into issue number two. The Turtles and Rangers are still clashing, but eventually they realize that they shouldn't be enemies, and that they need to work together to find out what's going on with Tommy and the foot. We cut to April finishing a broadcast about the robbery that Tommy had just committed. Vernon is her cameraman, and he mentions that she didn't say anything about her turtle friends, and he seems kind of snide about it. April dismissed him, telling him that there's no real proof of them. Down under the earth in the Technodrome, Tommy joins the ranks of the Foot Elite for having completed this mission. We finally learn that he's joined the Foot because he's trying to find his friend named Tyler, and he does. He finds him there and says that he's there to get him out. Tyler betrays Tommy and stuns him, then turns him over to the Shredder. At the Turtles' lair, the Rangers meet Splinter and April. April and Kim, the Pink Ranger, go to Channel 6 to use the information there to track down the Foot's hideout. They get the info, and the Turtles and Rangers attack the hideout together. Karai is there, and they beat her and her ninjas. After capturing Karai, she refuses to talk. 
Back at the Technodrome, Tommy wakes up in a cage. Shredder taunts him and gets him to morph. Then Shredder hits him with a blast from some laser cannon thing. And he takes Tommy's power coin. Rita and her minions, I think they're her minions, uh, sense that someone has used her coin. And they go to check it out. They go to the Technodrome, where Shredder is, and demand that he hand it over. It's Morphin time. Shredder uses the coin and becomes the Green Ranger. He taunts Rita, telling her that she's more than welcome to take it. And that concludes issue two. Right. Issue three. This was originally released on February 5th, 2020. So Shredder and Rita fight. Shredder clad in the Green Ranger uniform. Uh, Rita shouts that he's corrupted the power coin, but Shredder corrects her that he has actually just bent it to his will. Shredder is impressed with the power boost the coin bestows upon him, enhancing his speed, strength, and senses. Bebop and Rocksteady fight Rita's minions, uh, most of who are unarmed, and uh, they're, they're kind of being dominated by these uh, two gun-wielding mutants, uh, until Goldar attacks Rocksteady and orders the other to rally around him and make their empress proud. Rita warns Shredder that she has defeated greater opponents than him, but Shredder is unimpressed and reminds her that he's already bro broken one Power Ranger today and intends to break the others. The two clash with a force so powerful that both her minions cease fighting. Uh, as Shredder locks his blades with Rita's staff, he tells her that he knows about her powers from his allies in Dimension X and believes they could be allies. The two refuse to yield to each other, but agree on a temporary partnership. In Tommy's cell, he calls out to Tyler and tells him to let him go, but Tyler refuses to dishonor his clan. Tommy tries to reach out to Tyler as he knows what it's like to be brainwashed, but Tyler replies that Tommy can't mock him after how lucky he's been. Tommy reminds Tyler that they grew up on the streets together. Uh, Tyler reminds Tommy that he left, but Tommy defends that he was adopted and wasn't going to remain in the boy's home. Tommy accuses, excuse me, Tyler accuses Tommy of surfing in California while he grew up on the streets alone, and the foot gave him, gave him a purpose and the family he needed. Tommy's disgusted and tells Tyler he doesn't even know who he is anymore. Michelangelo brings home a pizza with some unusual toppings. It kind of grosses out the Rangers. Uh, Billy inquires if Splinter began as a human and was turned into a rat, or a rat that turned into a human. Uh, Splinter says yes. Trini's training with Raphael. Uh, and April's consoling Kimberly about Tommy, but Kimberly, Kimberly corrects that she isn't worried. She's angry. If Tommy isn't really in trouble, he'll have to deal with her. The Rangers are contacted by Alpha and Zordon, who've located Tommy with the energy signature of his morpher being activated. They teleport the Rangers as close as they can, but warn them to be careful. The Turtles offer to come along, but the Rangers politely re refuse, uh, as they have a better chance of dealing with Tommy alone. The five morph and teleport away. At the dockyards, the rangers split up in search of uh, Tommy. Zach and Billy chat with Jason about inviting the turtles to come to Angel Grove to hang out with them. In another section, Trini and Kimberly agree that this smells like a trap. They spot a green ranger and call out to him, but the ranger turns out to be Shredder as the green ranger. He blasts the two back and forces it to demorph. The boys arrive and are also demorphed. The weakened rangers try to stand, Jason attempts to morph again, but Shredder attacks before he can. Alpha reports there's some sort of distortion field around their, prevention, their position that's preventing them from morphing. 
with the Rangers in trouble and no way to contact them, Zordon orders Alpha to contact the Turtles. The Unmorphed Rangers fight the Shredder, who, who compliments their skills, but they lack stamina. Uh, Shredder mocks them, questioning if they deserve their powers, if they're so weak without them. As Shredder draws the Dragon Dagger, Casey Jones arrives, ambushing him from above. He explains that the Turtles couldn't teleport here, so he was sent in first since he was closest to the area. Shredder overpowers Casey and Zack as the foot arrive, and Shredder demands their power coins. The Rangers realize this is a fight they cannot win and retreat to a point where they can use their communicators. Shredder calls them cowards and warns them that if they do not hand over their power coins by sunrise, Tommy will die. The Rangers make it out of the distortion field and teleport away, and Shredder contacts Rita to tell her the Rangers are powerless. She can begin when ready. Rita gives instructions to Finster to send down his monster. In New York, a monster called a wildfire appears with a squadron of putties. The Rangers view the attack from the command center and know that it isn't a coincidence that Rita attacked right when they lost their powers. The Rangers are despondent over their inability to morph, and Zordon explains that there is a molecular disruption field affecting their DNA that's causing them not to be able to morph. But the power coins are still active. So, to rescue Tommy from Shredder, Billy comes up with a radical suggestion. The five teenagers hand their morphers over to the Turtles and April. That brings us to issue four, originally, re originally released March 18th, 2020. So as Wildfire and the Putty Patrollers ravage New York City, April and the Ninja, Ninja Turtles arrive and morph for the first time, dubbing themselves the Turtle Rangers. Meanwhile, back in the Turtles lair, the Rangers are arguing over if they should be sitting around doing nothing or if that's about all they can do without their powers. Splinter reminds them they're Power Rangers because of who they are, not because of what they have. The Rangers arm themselves with weapons and stealth gear around the lair, dubbing themselves the Ninja Rangers. They, they leave with Casey Jones to find Tommy. On the streets, the Turtles in April are enjoying their new powers as they fight the putties, and they're able to cut loose on them without fear since they aren't human. Wildfire also gets more serious and begins shooting fire around them, forcing them back. Uh, eventually, the Turtles realize that to best Wildfire, they need to do what the Power Rangers did at the beginning of the crossover, combine all the weapons into one super weapon, blast them into oblivion. Meanwhile, the Rangers and Casey fight into the Technodrome. Uh, Stockman calls them over the intercom and reveals his next evolution of the Foot Clan, the Putty Soldier Elites, hybrids created by combining the Foot Elite with some of the substance used to create putties. The Putty Soldiers Elite attack everyone in their way, including Tyler and the other Foot, shocking them that, that they would attack their allies. Tommy saves Tyler and urges him to realize the foot doesn't care about any of them and asks him to escape with him, refusing to leave him behind again. Tyler takes Tommy's hand and the Rangers and Tyler's foot flee. Rita and Shredder trade barbs. Rita is furious that Shredder allowed the Rangers to rescue Tommy and Shredder retorts that Rita's monster wasn't able to defeat the turtles. Rita suggests asking Shredder's allies in Dimension X for help, but he refuses as the cost of their involvement would be too high. They must appease them by delivering, they must appease them by delivering them the Rangers Morphers. With their alliance not yet yielding results, Rita is dubious if it's worth it, and Shredder suggests a more direct approach instead of blaming each other. The Technodrome surfaces in New York uh, in Central Park, and Rita makes Bebop and Rocksteady grow. 
The turtles and rangers watch on the news and are worried about the level of destruction that the enlarged brutes could cause. Zordon and Alpha have, haven't yet managed to restore the Power Rangers connections to the Power Coins, so the only option is for the Turtles and April, as the Turtle Rangers, to take control of the Megazord and fight Bebop and Rocksteady. To be concluded. In issue 5, released on June 17th in 2020, the Turtles and April pilot the Megazord against the enlarged Bebop and Rocksteady, quickly getting the hang of the controls and holding their own. They wonder if they should attack the Technodrome nearby or focus on the mutants and summon the Power Sword to slice into the Technodrome. Their attack is halted when they're ambushed by the Dragon Zord, piloted by Shredder using the Dragon Dagger, dragon dagger from a nearby rooftop. The Dragon Zord's tail slashes a gash into the chest plate of the Dragon Zord and it loses power and falls back. They struggle to get to their feet as Bebop, Rocksteady, and the Dragon Zord loom over them. Leo asks Alpha 5 for help, and Alpha tries to reactivate the controls remotely. Zordon tells the Rangers that the Turtles need help, and Billy says that they're almost ready. The Turtles just need to hold on. The Megazord stands and swings the Power Zord at the Dragon Zord, but it blocks the blow. Shredder wished to capture the Megazord intact, but will settle for destroying it and the Turtles and April inside. Rocksteady charges and knocks the Megazord down again, and Shredder prepares to finish them, disappointed that he cannot do it with his own bare hands, when suddenly the Rangers arrive in Metalhead. Billy had used Donatello's miniaturizing ray to enlarge Metalhead, and he unleashes a barrage of energy blasts on the Dragon Zord to blast it back. The Megazord and Metalhead then attack Bebop and Rocksteady. The two are still too slow and stupid, even in their enlarged state, and are quickly incapacitated. With only the Dragonzord left, the Turtles demand that Shredder surrender, but he refuses, and the Turtles prepare to use the Megazord's crown cannon, but it lacks the power reserves. The Rangers then transfer Meg Metalhead's energy to the Megazord, and the crown cannon defeats the Dragonzord. Shredder then teleports away and orders Stockman to use the Technodrome to destroy the Megazord. With the Megazord nearly drained of all of its power and the Technodrome packing a lot of it, the Turtles are worried, but Zordon calls out to them. He tells them that the Megazord has infinite adaptive capabilities and that they can use them to withstand the attack. The Megazord disassembles and combines with Metalhead, creating the Turtle Megazord. With a new fully powered Zord combination, the Rangers and the Turtles leap into the Technodrome and slice through it with a power sword, destroying it. At the command center, the Rangers tell Zordon that Shredder is escaped and it still has Tommy's power coin. And he and Rita are surely plotting something else. The heroes want to go after them, but Zordon is concerned that even with their combined powers may not be enough to defeat Shredder and Rita. Billy, Donatello, and Alpha have been working on a plan in the background and tell Zordon that they have an idea. On the moon, Rita is planning to use her magic to enhance the device Shredder used to demorph the rangers, and the two intending to use it on all of Earth so no one can use the power coins, but only those that Shredder chooses. However, their alliance is frayed. Shredder is dubious of Rita's abilities to do this, and notes that in the process of working with her, he has lost his army, his minions, and his base. If she cannot deliver results, he'll cast her into the stars and take her palace for himself. The Rangers, Turtles, and Casey Jones arrive, with the Rangers having restored the usage of their power points and entering the battle morphed, save for Tommy, who is dressed in his stealth attire. 
the Rangers and Casey engage Shredder and, Rita, and Rita's minions while the turtles face Rita. Rita mocks the turtles for defending a world that hates them and questions if they really want a legacy of dying alone without recognition or reward. But the turtles point out that they're ninjas. If people see them, then they're doing something wrong. The Rangers demand that Shredder hand over the power coin, but he again refuses and questions if they really think that they can defeat him in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Casey replies that they don't need to. They just need to keep him occupied. In the chaos, Tommy has seized the device that Shredder used to demorph him earlier and uses it on Shredder, reverting him back to his normal armor and knocking away the green Ranger morpher. Tommy picks it up and morphs, and the heroes stand united at full power once again. Shredder still refuses to surrender and prepares to keep fighting, but is stopped with a magical barrier that appears and separating him from the heroes. Rita insults Shredder and demands that he take her to Dimension X and introduce her to his mysterious allies, or else she'll let the Rangers and Turtles take him. Shredder accuses her of planning this all along, an idea that Rita mocks before she teleports them away. Though the Turtles and Rangers are upset that the villains got away, the day is won. Back at the Turtles' lair, Tommy apologizes to Splinter for endangering his sons, but Splinter consoles them that they didn't that he didn't do any damage that can't be fixed. The battery he stole is returned, the anti-morphing device is destroyed, and if Shredder and Rita return, the Rangers and Turtles will face them together. The heroes hang out together, chatting for a while, relaxing after their victory and discussing shared interests. On a rooftop sometime later, Tommy sees off Tyler, who is taking command of the foot deserters. Tommy offers to let him stay in Angel Grove, but Tyler refuses, as the ex-foot intend to make up their misdeeds around New York, and Casey promises Tommy that he'll keep an eye on them. Tyler and Tommy embrace and say their farewells, but Raphael calls out Tommy one more time to interrupt the moment. He's kept track of their skirmishes, with Tommy and the score is uneven, or is even and he wants a tiebreaker. Tommy accepts, morphs, and the rest of the heroes stand back to enjoy the show as Raphael and Tommy begin their duel. Riveting. Absolutely. Shout out to a Ranger Wiki for the, for the long, long summaries on these. I was too lazy to write some of them. Those were my own summaries for issues one and two. I'm sure you oh. can tell, but but there's but there's a bit of a difference there, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's let's get into the second time around. Hey, nice junk. So I've I've said you know at the top of the episode that I've never really watched Power Rangers. What exactly is Tommy's story was, like? Why is it was why pretty is pretty evident when you were doing your summary that you've never yeah. seen yeah. Power Rangers. So, so Tommy's story. So Tommy wasn't one of the original five. Uh, yeah, I know the, that because he wasn't on the bedspread I had as a kid. So okay. I, I know that so, much. <laughs> so he was like the evil ranger. So Rita had another power coin and okay. she gave it to Tommy and he like infiltrated the Power Rangers and fought them and basically like the Power Rangers fight to make him good right that's the that's the trade-off there yeah, so like he, he's as strong as he, the other five but he kind of burns at both ends you know he's he's stronger but his power doesn't last as long that's kind of the trade-off there okay he um yeah he, he i mean he he's the new kid in town basically and the way they kind of introduce him is that he um you know oh, he's this new martial artist and rita having lost to the power rangers so many times by this point is just like i'll make my own coin um, and she does, and that's where Tommy comes from, like, 
she they capture him take him up to her moon base and then she turns him into uh her green ranger and he's technically more powerful than the rangers um he you I mean he's got that sweet shield that he wears over his chest uh -huh. um, that's how you know he's way more powerful um plus like the dragon dagger is a flute that sounds like a trumpet that's just cool that he plays uh, through a metal mask <laughs> that he plays through a metal mask that controls a uh, giant which, godzilla robot <laughs> and you know as a kid i never questioned it yeah i mean you don't and it's but it's always just really cool seeing him and so and so the, the thing was is like he uh so so he was the, he was a bad guy and they they eventually turn like turn him good mm -hmm. um and he gets and so he fights with the rangers for a while before like he starts to lose his powers and when he lose like he loses his powers and then so like he can only be in certain episodes um the real reason why was like the japanese footage um uh when this was uh kyoru sentai jew ranger mm -hmm. um they the green ranger or the green sentai uh dies like he 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 dies early like he's a villain and he you know i can't remember if they kill him or he just he dies so th there was already very limited footage of the green ranger for them to use in power rangers uh-huh and so they had to kind of figure out a way to use the footage that they had and like make it special because like it was one of those like really like first cases of like they knew the power the green ranger was like the hit like he was the goat he was so cool yeah um and but they but they they always like made it whenever he appeared like feel like an event and so like when you knew this was a green ranger episode you were like oh yeah like this is this is the good stuff oh, right yeah. here dinosaur yeah. is um, awesome or not, dragon, dragon sword there we go yeah like the, yeah and like the dragon sword is just always so much cooler than like anything um because it was, it was its own zord that could do its own stuff um, yeah it was kind of sentient like, a little bit yeah it was really like cool. yeah like it didn't it like the other the other zords like purely existed to connect to the tyrannosaurus and like turn into the megazord like you never saw the triceratops do anything um or the saber tooth tiger like mm. they just they existed to turn into the megazord whereas like the dragon zord was its own thing it could fight on its own next to the megazord and then later on it could combine with the megazord and make the dragon megazord like that i mean that just it was it was so so cool it can also like it could just combine with like yellow and blue and uh the black zords and make like the dino or the dragon zord in battle mode it had like the staff that had its tail on the end it would run monsters through with it, it was so cool you know that that's what i'm saying that's what i mean like it's the it, that was the dragon megazord we're and talking so, about two like, different zords because the dragon megazord is when it like attaches to the megazord this is the dragon zord just combined with a no, couple when it, of when, zords. It, no, when it attaches to when it attaches to the megazord and like sits on its shoulders it connects with titanus that's a different one yes i'm talking about something different this is just yeah, the dragon I know. Zord. you're talking about the you're talking about the dragon megazord no what you described was a dragon megazord 
No, right? because that's the Titan. That's the Titanus uh, connection. That's that's a different sword. <laughs> wow, nerds! Jeez, these guys. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, it, it it was just it was so cool, and like just the Green Ranger was just so cool. So eventually, like they ran out of the footage that they had of the Green Ranger. So huh. they they took like they took the the ranger footage or the sent the super sentai footage from another show called die ranger because Die-ranger. they thought the costume they thought dai ranger um they thought that those costumes looked similar enough to the power rangers that they were like that they were um keith is sending me pictures of what i already know in the chat here that is not the dragon that's the dragon megazord that's the best dragon zord in battle mode we're on ranger wiki what is what (laughs) is (laughs) so what i see is is a cool giant robot and it's it's cool it's it's a cool it's a cool giant robot so basically so basically they took uh they basically take one the kiba ranger which is like the lion ranger from die ranger bring it over to mighty morphin and like give tommy those powers so he becomes the white ranger um and so the green ranger is just gone uh which is like not the end of tommy's story which is really cool because tommy like tommy oliver the character was kind of transcendent like he he goes like he's the only like power rangers character to come back on like multiple teams most of the other rangers like from the mighty morphin era like have come back as like guest stars but usually as like their ranger Mm -hmm. like adam the black ranger who replaces zach comes back later as like adam the mighty morphin black ranger but tommy like became the white ranger and then he became uh power ranger zeo red which was the leader there. Like that was the first time Tommy became a Red Ranger. Then he was Turbo Red uh, when Power Rangers went Turbo. Then like years later for Dino Thunder, he came back like the Black Dino Ranger. Like Tommy, like, and then even still, he would come back for later Power Ranger shows. Like um, one of the anniversary specials, like he came back as the Green Ranger. And then, and like my very favorite thing, he was fighting like an evil clone of himself as the black dino ranger and mm-hmm. like the black it's it's like a robotic duplicate of him and he's like oh like the 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 duplicate's like oh like tommy like you've been out of it for so long blah blah blah, blah. you you're nothing like you know i have your black dino powers and like tommy pulls out like this new morpher and he calls it like the master morpher and then, like, he reveals he has access to all of his ranger forms and he can change them, like, on the fly. And it's oh, wow. just, it's, it's one of the coolest things. So it's like, so, like, so I'm like, I'm not kidding when, like, when I say, like, Tommy is, I don't want to say he's not the main character of Power Rangers, but he's like the closest thing to, like, the biggest hero that Power Rangers has ever had. And, you don't get that without Jason David Frank. Like yeah. he he really 
just loved coming back to this franchise and it's like he he just he knew like how much tommy meant and like the you could tell when tommy showed up like he was different than the other rangers like like some dudes like jason but like everybody liked tommy like tommy was just so much cooler than jason yeah, and if you're gonna key. watch any episodes of Power Rangers, Spencer, I really recommend the Green with Evil. It's like a five-part series, but it's mm-hmm. what introduces a Green Ranger, and like, it is bonkers. But like, you get a you get a taste for how cool he is. Yeah, and then even like even like the Green Candle, like three-part. Yeah, that's a good one good. too. Um, and well, like, I know that I'll like him because my method for choosing my favorite character as a kid is I always pick the green one. There you so go. When I learned that's there was what, a green right, ranger, on, that's why you're on this podcast right now. Exactly, you pick the green ones. <laughs> I picked the green ones exactly. But and so like, like, yeah. like I said, like Tommy just like it's it, he was just he was so different from the other rangers, and it's like you just you just knew how cool he was. And so as I'm saying, like that you know when he showed up in an episode, because like you would go like a couple episodes without him. Um, and so when he showed back up, you were like, oh, dang, like, this is a big one. Like, they need him. And he was and he was always at risk of losing his powers at that point. Yeah, it was um, like a last so, resort kind of thing. Yeah. And so th- that's the thing is like, so you knew like they they wouldn't call on him if they didn't need his powers. And it's like, that's how strong Tommy was. And then when making him the White Ranger was just a really cool way to bring Jason David Frank back to the show full time and then just making him the leader at that point because it's like okay you know <laughs> he's he he's he's earned it now like admittedly i don't like the white ranger as much as the green ranger like it's it's fine i don't like it mostly because like it looks nothing like the mighty morphin suits i really wish they would have just used the die ranger suits but die ranger it means the and, ranger <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the um but yeah, just just Tommy and just David Frank is just so cool. And I know we're kind of in second time around. Um, for me, like I met Jason. Uh, I, he, I I bumped into him at Comic Con. I was at the Bandai booth looking at literally the Ninja Turtles SH Figure Arts figures because they had just been revealed. And he was walking through the booth, and I was like, "Oh, damn." <laughs> Like you're Jason David Frank, and he stopped with me. We talked for like a minute, and he was there with some guys. And um, this was like uh, I forgot how how long ago this was. Um, but yeah, like we just we just were talking for a minute, and just just the most personable guy. And he was like that with all of his um, with all of his fans. Uh, there's a great video I saw the other day where he like he was talking about like he was talking to fans and like the signing had gone long and he comes out and he's like you know he's like if if somebody ever tells you that like you know they're so annoyed that about this about lines like this he's like he's like they're not worth being your hero and he's like i will stay here until every one of you meets me and like it just that's just such a cool guy and it's like 
Jason from Turtle Recall's got a lot of good stories because he go he went to the Power Morphicon a lot um, with him, and it's just he's, he was just such a cool guy. And he came back for things like the live action Power Rangers movie, um, the reboot from 2017, which I loved. Like him and Kimberly were uh, in a crowd shot, or maybe Joe Johnson. Like they weren't pay- playing Tommy and Kimberly, but it's like they were like a couple. And so you were like, oh, because Tommy and Kimberly were always the couple of Power Rangers as well. You really just go to watch, you've got to watch Power Rangers. Yeah. No, um, I, 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 yeah. And you don't have to watch all the series. Like there's so many. Um, but uh, in fact, uh, Linkara over on the top of the fourth wall, um, he did a really good, like, you know, kind of Power Rangers and like kind of discussing everything that you need to know um, about Power Rangers um, and specifically like Tommy stuff um, in his History of Power Rangers series. Uh, He, I don't know if they're up on YouTube. He's been kind of weird about uploading them. Um, But if you can find them, definitely check them out. Um, He did, he did like, three videos on Mighty Morphin, one for each season, and then he did like a couple uh, per every series after that, for the most part. Um, But yeah. Uh, In terms of things that I noticed from this series, uh, the part in my issue where Shredder says he'll throw Rita into space and take her castle, uh, that's exactly what Lord Zed did when he moved in and kicked Rita out. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. i just thought it was a it was a nice little easter egg yeah another cool kind of easter egg that i noticed is that uh Gry's uniform is her like completely just like the 2003 design which was a good pull for this because it does look kind of 90s ish you know it's kind of got that 90s mortal Kombat ninja look uh <laughs> yeah. to it that that definitely works for power rangers and these things so i liked how they did that um Another interesting thing they did is they mentioned Takeshi Tetsuo is the founder of the foot. Uh, He's also the founder of the foot in the IDW series. He's also Orokusaki's previous life before he's reincarnated as Orokusaki. I I saw that and I was like, that's a neat poll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Some things I noticed, uh, Tommy says ninja vanish, which is a, you know, classic line from Tatsu in the first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Vanish. Don suggests, like, after after Tommy, like, clocks Raphael, Don suggests they call Tommy the foot super soldier. And that is a thing. It's a, it's a like, giant robot they made in the, the Archie comics. They call it the foot super soldier. So hmm. kind of a cool comeback. Um, yeah. Kimberly at one point suggests that Tommy might be fighting an evil version of himself. Uh, that's the Lord... Was it Lord Draken? Uh, I mean, Lord Draken, yeah, like that's yeah, that's one ver- evil version. But I mean, again, like there were multiple evil versions of Tommy. Okay. Um, that's like I think, uh, like there, Tommy, Tommy has to fight his demons a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's constantly running up against uh, evil versions of himself. Yeah, until also it's, it's it's almost kind of a running gag. Like I said, like in that he was finding a robot version of himself when he had the master morpher so yeah uh there's a part where donatello mentions that he enjoys a ranger station i looked that up it's apparently like a power rangers uh 
uh, convention. It's called a mm-hmm. ranger station. Yeah. There's there's a couple um, about ranger stations. One of them, uh, Power Morphicon, is the one I know about here in California. Um, but yeah, like and that's the cool thing is like the Power Rangers like writers and stuff like they're very much in tune with the community. Like it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Another kind of thing I noticed as well is that Kim's clothes when she's like helping April and everything else have this Irma's color scheme. Like she's got a blue sweater on. Yeah. And I think at first, I think she has pink shorts, but then later on when she's in the lair, she's got like jean color, darker blue shorts on. So it's like the same color scheme as Irma mm. uh, going on there. Which is funny. Like they mentioned Irma at one point. Yeah. It, like April says she's going to go talk to Irma about something. And then you don't ever see her, but she says she's going to go talk to her to get yeah. some other information. I couldn't tell if the cameraman that April was talking to was supposed to be Vernon or not. Um, she doesn't say his name and he doesn't, he doesn't either. So I'm going to yeah, I thought that was, that was kind of a weird, like all she had to say was like, no thanks Vernon or whatever. But... Yeah. So I'm going to chalk it up as a cameo. <laughs> nice. Um, the other thing that I noticed is that the, the turtle Megazord looks similar to Metalhead's second body in the IDW comics, at least like the midsection and things. Like when Metalhead like creates an upgraded version of himself that he transfers his yeah. consciousness to. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of that. That's such a cool design. In the it IDW is. Series. I I'm 100% a fan. But I say that about just about everything in the IDW comics. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's see. Last note I have for a second time around here. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this, but uh, they're like, the turtles are like uh, grading Tommy on sneaking into this, this uh, facility. And Raph says that real ninjas move in silence like lasagna. Yeah. Which is a weird line, but it's actually... He's misquoting a Lil Wayne song, uh, six foot, seven <laughs> foot. And the line is, real G's move in silence like lasagna. Like, uh-huh. There's a silent G in lasagna. Okay. <laughs> and I, I love that reference. And I love that line because it shows that like Raphael is into hip hop music. And also Raphael's kind of dumb because he doesn't understand what that line means. He's just saying it to be cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I love that for Raphael. Yeah. It's pretty great. Do you guys have any other second time around notes? No, that was it it for me. All righty. Yeah, we can uh, move on to anchovies then. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? So I don't know if it's a just fans writing it or if it's just the fear of alienation of fans but like there's some things that if you go on like and look past the 87 series like things have not been things for long enough that we can leave them different and more like in the more common versions of these characters you know like april being a reporter like she hasn't been a reporter in more versions now than she has been. Like she really doesn't need to keep being a reporter. It's fine, I guess, for this story. But the biggest one for me is like Baxter Stockman's design. 
it's like he's literally oh, yeah. had the same look yeah. since the original comics. Like it's literally just the 87 series. And that look is so generic. Like it, it is like the most generic, like Albert Einstein, like mad scientist look ever. Well, I think there's, for, there's nothing iconic this, about it. For part of, I mean, it's, it's iconic in that it's that original Baxter Stockman. But it's not the original though. Like either. It's, yeah, well, it's, the, the, origi- it's the original like popular one. It's the first time people were introduced to him, but even then, most people don't care about that design. They care about the fly, like right. But yeah. so what I'm what I'm saying is that like this goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, where the this crossover is kind of like the crossover that should have happened, like you know, decades ago. Mm-hmm. And so they're just they're bringing that modern, they're they're modernizing eighty seven. Yeah, no, like they like the they're turtles, the turtles have initials on their belts. Yeah, no, it is very much aimed at fans of the you know people that grew up during this time period, and and I and I understand that, and but it's I don't it's know. it's filling it's filling that gap of that 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 was just never filled, and I and I know you don't like it, but at mm-hmm. the same time, like it's the Power Rangers still kind of also exist in that like nine that nineties nostalgia, so it's like they they also have to live there. Yeah. And so yeah. It, you can't have the IDW turtles running around with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But, but it like, also creates got, some weird things be... where like, they're like, we're ninjas, we can't be seen. But they also comment like three or four times about how they have a blimp, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just those just cheesy, fun things. And it's like, these are supposed to be just kind of modern versions of the 87 turtles, not yeah specifically not the idw series yeah no and i mean i mean i don't know like there's just things i mean like casey Casey even says like calls them lawbreakers when he he first shows up yeah granted he does seem like he has a much closer relationship with them though than he ever did in the 87 series oh yeah in a couple of episodes i mean yeah yeah i mean it's it's definitely not like the old man casey like he's it's a younger casey Mm-hmm. But I, I just I think it's just the it, I think it's just the design thing. Yeah. Uh, the other f- interesting thing is like I've seen people complain in like the the 2014 movies and things like that about like oh ninjas having guns like you know oh it's so un ninja well it's also un ninja to like have a giant technodrome and we were throwing Shredder back in the technodrome again and pairing him up to. With the Krang. Like, if you're going to complain about guns, you also got to complain about Shredder being in a giant alien dome. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's just a land blimp is all it is. <laughs> like, I say it... I say it a lot. Like, it's... People complain about the... People complaining about the turtles in this, like... Oh, like, oh, they're not real ninjas or whatever. And it's like, you got to remember what kind of ninjas these are. These are, like, the pop culture ninjas, not, like ninja assassins yeah like it's yeah yeah but anyway i i just found it i don't know i I was just kind of like do we really have to put shredder in the technodrome granted they did it all to set up a sequel and so that's why they have the connection and everything else going on with dimension x uh i get it but anyway it was just it was just interesting speaking Uh, of uh, uh the 2014 series there's a part in this where uh, Michelangelo says that two of the Rangers are above average. Like, are we getting thirsty, Mikey? Again? Come on. 
Yeah, I mean, Mike, Mikey usually does kind of end up having crushes on characters. I, I will give them that, or at least not in the original comics, but he did have his thing yeah, for uh, in the 87 series for Kala, right? That's her name. Yeah, the neutrino. Yeah. yeah, the neutrino. Yeah, in there. He's in, you know, urban legends. He has Horridus in 2003. I don't think he actually really does anything like that. But he has Renette in the 2012 series in IDW. Yeah, was, he he has, has Sari and Mirage. Princess Trib. He's got Sari and Mirage later on. So, like, yeah, in the comments aren't the worst. So, granted, like, it's not as laid on as thick as urban legends. So, I'm willing to let it slide and be like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, he's, not he, he's not terribly not... disgusting as a 2014 movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 He doesn't make comments like that, which are way worse. Yeah. So I can I can live with him saying that uh, a few of them are cute and, and it ends there. <laughs> um, My I guess my only other thing was just around issue two specifically. It got like suddenly just like super steeped in Power Rangers lore. And I started feeling like really lost having not read any of it. Besides that, it felt very accessible. But like number two, you start having Rita just being like, oh, my coin. And she's surrounded by like all these dudes. And I have no idea what their status is or not. Uh, And it just felt like it had a lot of moments for hanging out with characters that like I just you know, because I never watched Power Rangers, just didn't necessarily care about, like like Donatello and the blue Power Ranger being in the lair and, like, comparing this stuff. Like, I imagine if you're a fan about Power Rangers, it's just super awesome to have, like, the two brainy people, like, going back and forth with each other, uh, talking about smart stuff. But, like, it did feel like it slowed down during that issue for me. But that's well, I mean, you have to, You have to have, you know, the, pain, the Rangers that have stuff in common you know mm-hmm. they, do they gotta they gotta buddy up no for and sure and biggest, so like it is important for a like, crossover like this to have fan service like i i understand that and like that's that's good honestly it's not a it's not an objective criticism it's just a like man i was struggling during this part criticism <laughs> because because i was <laughs> like trying I, to like stay caught up with everything going originally on. i originally i didn't like um that issue that's actually kind of where i got turned off originally mm-hmm. um because i didn't like i the way i had originally read it was that like billy was kind of um brushing off donatello when the opposite would have been true billy would have instantly gravitated towards donatello uh-huh. um so originally i didn't like the way this scene had played out in the book um because it just it just felt so out of character for for Billy, mm-hmm. um, and going back and reading it now, um, it still kind of reads like that for me. But I I know that wasn't the author's intention, mm-hmm. so uh, so I, I gave it a pass. And it, this this whole like the whole series like it, it moves very fast, yeah. um, except for that issue that you're talking about. Yeah, Did they ever reference I, the fact that Billy made a flying car after the the original series? Um, did they ever mention that? No, he uses. I think they use it three times in in all of Power Rangers. It's like, why would you have a flying car if you have the teleporters? But yeah. Also, like this kind of doesn't establish where Angel Grove is in compared to this. Um, 
like Angel Grove is kind of in California. Yeah. Um, and so like the Rangers are hanging out in New York. Well, I think it, I think it establishes it's in California because Tyler says to Tommy that he moved to California. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which like all that backstory, I wasn't super familiar with. So Tyler, as far as I know, is a new character. Tommy has a brother. Um, and not that they don't say that Tyler is Tommy's brother in, in this. Um, but is that as far as I know, Tyler is a new character. Yeah, like I was sitting there trying to determine whether Tyler like had weight as a like as like a previously established character or not. But I mean, I was able to get through the story just fine and be like, okay, he's just some guy that's a guy that he knew and and that's that you know they, they kind of fill in the backstory saying that they like grew up together as orphans and things before tommy got adopted so that's i was kind of like, okay. like like so what threw me off is karai calls him tommy marshall i'm like that's yeah. not his name and, but he's using he, a moniker but like why is he using a moniker because none of those people know who he is anyway and also well, they totally Shredder know who knew. he is <laughs> Shredder Shredder knew yeah, I know he's not fooling anybody. So why they even why do you even try that? Well, I mean that that's the thing. It's like it's one. He's a teenager, you know. So he's he's doing he's doing the best he can, but also like I think he he also had to hide from Tyler because if Tyler had known that hey oh there's a Tommy Oliver that joined the Foot Clan, I knew a Tommy Oliver, but he's not going to look mm. twice at a Tommy Marshall. Not to mention, okay. I feel like if you're going to get involved in any sketchy activity, whether whether they know you're the Green Ranger or not, just give them a fake name so they don't even look into your life. You know, if you're going to be joining yeah, a criminal yeah. organization briefly. Still, still use your first Change your first name, though. Name, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe try changing your first name. Yeah. <laughs> He's not that kind of ninja. <laughs> but I think they had to have Tommy there so that you knew it was him. But anyway, yeah. so you could be like, oh, it's him. Uh, or at least I needed that because when Raphael unmasked him at first, I was like, I'm going to guess that's Tommy since they've been talking about him <laughs> missing and unmasking him as a big deal. But uh, I don't recognize him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, only other thing I have, the art in this is generally really good. I really like it. But sometimes Power Ranger Donatello has a strap over his shoulder and sometimes he doesn't. It really ticks me off. So speaking of the art, um, I there's two different like main arts. There is the interior art by Simone uh, Simone DeMeo and the cover art by Dan Mora. Uh, and both of those depict the turtles very differently. Uh, whereas like the interior art by Simone is very um, the turtles are like a little bit shorter and a little bit beefier. Um, and the ones on the cover are like just they're just super tall and like not lanky, but just they're just they're just very very tall. Um, and so when Hasbro was making the uh, crossover figures that came out earlier this year, um, they went with the cover designs, which I like less personally. Um, I get why they did it because it's easier for them to reuse those parts uh, for other, you know, other characters, but I really wish they would have done the interior art. 
because also like the turtles like heads look better on the interior art. Yeah. Cool. Any other anchovies? Oh uh, no, no, I don't really have any. Like I, my my really only struggle was just catching up and like trying to keep up with Power Rangers as especially like I said in issue two when it started like giving me a whole lot and I was like having to digest it all. I think that was like the toughest issue for me to get through. And after that though, like it's smooth sailing and ended really well. So yeah. All right. Let's get into what we love about being a turtle. I love being a turtle. So I really like the art in these books. I think it looks really nice. The colors and everything make it like really nice to look at. It's a very visually pleasing book. Every single page, you can just look at the art. Totally cool designs. Simone DeMeo, Simone DeMeo is a fantastic artist. Yeah, I I like the designs too. Like the Casey looks amazing. Green Ranger Shredder is awesome. Like the turtles themselves look cool, but once they're in the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger suits, they look even cooler. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. Yeah, and and just just the Ranger. I mean, Power Ranger suits like Power Rangers look cool. Like when I was a kid, because of my bedspread, I wanted to watch Power Rangers. I just, for whatever reason, never could. (laughs) Would Would you say that you slept on it? I I did. I in fact slept on Power Rangers, (laughs) but uh, I I did. I was interested in it. Uh, I wanted to see it because the designs are very very cool. I did have like this weird like snobbish attitude towards live action tv as a kid live action was boring cartoons were fun and cool uh so that could have been a part of it i could have been once i realized that power rangers were real people and not like how they looked on my bedspread i might have been like ugh, real people shows that's what i called them real people shows i don't want to watch a real people movie i want to see a cartoon i'm still kind of that way honestly (laughs) yeah i can be that way still now too I like the um, there's a there's a joke uh, in issue five where uh, Raph doesn't know how to control the the Megazord, mm-hmm. and Don and Donnie like chastises him. He's like, "Well, you had to be the Red Ranger, so you have to drive." Yeah, uh, yeah. Which yeah, like that's that's the thing. The Red Rangers are typically the leader. Um, so that also kind of implies that the turtles got to choose their colors, which was interesting because Power Rangers, as far as I know, typically don't get to choose their colors. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the turtles got to choose what color coins or what what power coins they took, um, I thought that was interesting. Um, I mean, it, 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 and this also kind of this is also kind of a meta thing where like people always ask like oh why wasn't he like in it like he's he's barely in it <laughs> yeah um i totally forgot he was like, in it at all i do <laughs> i forgot that he comes back at the end yeah like and and just some people people because a lot of people it, it was very apparent when the when the action first got released uh very apparent that people had not read this comic already too because a lot of people were mad that like why is it Casey the White Ranger and it's like well because Tommy's not the White Ranger in this yeah like the White Ranger doesn't exist yet mm-hmm. I mean White Ranger also kind of doesn't exist in the main Power Rangers comic um, but what I what I like about this is that instead of like Batman versus Ninja Turtles like this 
this comic establishes that the turtles live in the same world. They're just in New York and the Power Rangers are in California. Oh, I love that. It's so much easier than like all the like multiversal bullcrap they go through in the, in the Ex- Batman Yeah, ones. exactly. I don't know. I like the multiversal like, crap. <laughs> but. That's, but that's that's fine, but it's like it it, it gets it, we're kind of getting to a point where that's like that's the go-to reason for why like uh, why these two different properties are, are meeting. And it's like it's kind of refreshing when they don't do that. But it's literally they're just on the other side of the country. Yeah. Um, I do think it is kind of funny that like everybody knows that these that there are these giant monster attacks in California, but like New York just has a ninja problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's just funny to me. Yeah, and I like earlier I kind of complained about it kind of being tough for me to keep up with Power Rangers. But having said that, outside of like issue two, where I said it kind of slowed down and kind of was a lot, it's a very accessible book, like as far as not knowing much about Power Rangers. The story is cohesive enough that I was able to, you know, keep afloat and follow the story and, and know what was going on. And uh so it made it fun to read, you know, lots of great big action. Uh like a power ranger story would be yeah it's a it's a really good crossover in my opinion yeah no it's very uh, solid i i honestly have the turtles like had like a truly bad crossover like i i can't really think of one that we've covered uh, on this show where i've been like that was awful hated it we haven't like, covered we haven't covered a lot of crossovers on this show but that's true. batman versus batman versus turtles three i don't know i liked that one like it, it was mid. I mean, especially after the first two, but I, I'd say it was fine. It just gets really convoluted, but so does most things that deal with yeah. an anti monitor and and uh, yeah, crises on infinite earths, crises, <laughs> crises. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's like one really obscure one we don't like, uh, like Boris the Bear or something. Is a well, that's not even really a crossover. That's more of a homage. Oh. Yeah, that is last last thing I have written here. Uh, I love the line that Shredder says that like Krang's help comes with too high a price. Like, I, I like that idea in their relationship. It really like <laughs> for whatever reason him saying that like really reminds me of uh, the Princess and the Frog with like Doctor Facilier talking about like getting help from his friends on the other side. <laughs> I don't know why that's what came into my head when I read that, but that's exactly what I started thinking of. Okay. Anyway, weird uh I guess Disney thing. You know, I was young enough to uh for that movie to be a little bit more relevant. I guess I watched that one quite a bit when I was younger. Cuz someone but, wasn't born in the 90s. Well, I mean, dude, it's got a soundtrack with amazing jazz, so whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, great. Good crossover. Highly recommend. Yeah, no, the banter is so, a lot of fun as well. The turtles characterization, spot on. Really enjoyed it. So oh, yeah, we even talk about how like Zach liked the the terrible toppings the turtles picked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah well, we're gonna serve it at the juice bar. Yeah. Well, and even on top of uh all that, I, I kind of liked after they leave the turtles lair how they start talking about like, hey, is it cool? Like you know, if we hang out with them, because we like made plans to hang out and they're like, you know, friends of the turtles now. Uh, yeah. It's It was pretty fun. 
All right. So are we good to move on to news? So I, yeah, so that's everything. Uh, you can pick up this book. Um, yeah, anywhere where comics are sold. Uh, the trade is out there. Uh, I have it digitally and I think I have the original five issues. Um, not available on Comixology Unlimited though. It I is. That that's how I just read it. Uh, oh, it is now? Oh, yeah. okay. It wasn't originally for like a, for like a while. Yeah, it usually uh, takes a while for things to reach Comixology Unlimited, uh, but it's on there now. This is like, this is like, it, it's, it's, it's co-published by boom studios and idw so there's like more rights that have to go into it yeah so uh it's it's not part of any canon for idw or boom so it perfectly just stands alone and uh power rangers versus turtles 2 is coming out in january of next year or no that was what I was talking about in the news. <laughs> what? Talk for news. Go, Mike. This is April O'Neil of Channel Six. So, in news, uh, just recently, as in yesterday, uh, IO9 had a fantastic uh, exclusive review um, or exclusive look at the last Ronin, the Lost Years. Um, so with a new brief synopsis uh, from IDW, uh, it says, Return to the Roninverse. In the smash hit miniseries, TMNT, The Last Ronin, readers were taken on a pulse-pounding trek through time, past, present, and future, to witness the final gut-wrenching days of the Heroes in a Half Shell. For Michelangelo in particular, the march to his heartbreaking battle was long and dangerous, taking him from New York to, from New York Japan, across Asia and Europe, and then back home again to administer final justice against those guilty of killing his family. But what happened during those fateful years? He only had the need for vengeance in Master Splinter's journal to guide him. What battles did he fight? What hard lessons did he learn? The time is to find out as the original miniseries writers Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz join artist Ben Bishop and S.L. Gallant to finally reveal what enters the last row experience during his vengeful journey. While in the present, a new master, Casey Marie Jones, prepares her young students to be the next generation of teenage mutant ninja turtles. So, yeah, so we got kind of confirmation that Casey Marie is going to be raising those turtles uh, to be the generation of ninja turtles. Um, but if you go to io9.com, uh, at the comics section, you can see they have five exclusive uh, pages from the last round of the Lost Years, um, all about Michelangelo about when he first got to the Japanese uh, village, and you know the hike up there, the flashbacks to when uh, everybody died. With <laughs> there's a picture of like Donatello and Splinter with all the arrows in them. It's really hard. Uh, realization of how uh, the fugitoid died which was interesting because we saw the fugitoid's head in the last Ronin, but we never really found out anything else about why it was just the head. Yeah, so, I'm definitely ready to get some more answers on things. Like, I definitely yeah. want to know who those, who the whole village that was just apparently a part of, you know, the Splinter Clan or Clan Hamato uh, in Japan, like where those guys came from and why they were on their side. I, I don't know still. Like, I, I want some answers. Uh, 
but yeah. I owe nine. So, so this money. <laughs> and so you can check out um and so you can check out that uh on io9.com. The last run in the last year's number one drops in January on January 25th. Cool. Yeah. Uh in comic book, other comic book news, I suppose. Uh next week the Armageddon game number three comes out, and then the week after that is the Armageddon game, the Alliance number two. So be sure to uh, keep stopping by your local comic book shop this week, well, this month, because there is a whole lot of great Ninja Turtles content coming your way. So, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to be covering the episodes of the 87 series that we said we were going to cover this week before we decided to make the change. So that's going to be episodes 13, 14, and 15 of season five all right so that is the ice creature cometh leonardo cuts loose and pirate radio all guys, right uh so guys the uh the reason why we had changed uh our plans to cover this week uh we had received a an email from a from a listener uh pierce thank you very much uh who just let us know that uh because of the passing of Jason David Frank, um, you know, he just really wanted to hear us talk about something Power Rangers to kind of talk about him. And there was really nothing better to talk about, you know, just kind of kind of the love of Jason David Frank than like doing this, kind of making it Turtles too. But I really just, I, I had to get my feelings out too because it, it, it had been rough for me. Uh, that was that was a really kind of heartbreaking um you know incident that he it's it, it's it's sad um you know and it, it it just it just lets you know that you know everybody no matter who you think is fine you know they might not be so always be be in ear for somebody uh, if you or anybody you know uh, is in danger um, of, you know, taking their own life or anything, please reach out to someone you care about. Um, you know, I care about you. I don't even know you and I care about you. I care about you guys. Um, but the suicide hotline, uh, if you need to talk to somebody is 800-273-8255 or you can dial 988 on any phone and that'll reach you, connect you to somebody uh, who can help you out um you know there there's always somebody there for you uh even if you think you're alone remember the clan hamada words you are not alone you know and not the way you told each other guys um so yeah uh <laughs> like i said we love you thank you so much for listening to ninja turtle power hour um ninja turtle ph on all the socials um yeah but that's our show this week uh thank you so much for listening um i don't know our our normal sign out is a little light uh usually lighthearted so uh <laughs> but but guys like i said we love you take care of yourselves and we'll see you next week yes thank you <laughs>
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, when I first heard he had passed away, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but he had a brother who, who died back in like 2001. He was really yep. young, uh, unspecified illness. I thought maybe it was something congenital or, uh, you know, hereditary that maybe Jason David Frank had. Mm-hmm. So when I saw, like it was tragic and I saw it was suicide. And it's like, man, that's that's even worse, you know? Yeah. No, and that's, that's kind of the thing for me is like when I heard about it, like, I don't know. I, I never really was into Power Rangers, like I've said before, but he would, I remember always seeing him in our lineup for people that were coming to FanX. Like he came very, very frequently to our convention here in Utah. And I don't know. I just suicide in general, just always, uh, you know, is very, is a very sad thing to hear. And I, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's not like no one else, uh, hears about that kind of stuff, but uh, I I work in the trades and I'm also part of a union. And so as being part of a union, we have something called a death benefit. And so we usually hear about when people have passed away and there is very, very high suicide rates compared to other jobs and things like that in, in the trades. It's one of the higher ones in the, in the country. So I, I see it frequently and it's always very sad and disheartening to see. So I don't know. I, I just wanted to, I definitely wanted to do this to talk about that and we successfully done it now but uh <laughs> here, but yes yeah, it's very two sad pieces of advice uh, not really advice even like you know it, people always say like you're not alone and, and talk to someone and, and that's true but two things that have stuck with me uh re- regarding suicide is one like it is a permanent solution to what is more than likely a temporary problem um two i have my wife's cousin works like specifically with suicidal patients. Mm-hmm. I think possibly like veterans specifically. But anyway, um, one of the things he says is like, you know, no one knows what happens after you die, which also means that there's no scientific proof that committing suicide will fix your problems. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a sad way of looking at it. But like, if you if you get in that mindset, it's like, oh yeah, I've who knows? You know, it, it could be worse. <laughs> so, yeah, it, yeah. It at least keeps you alive. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in that allows you to be able to work through mm-hmm. the things you're feeling and what you're going through. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, things can, you know, always get better. And that's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you ever feel like you're having those thoughts or feelings, there's that suicide helpline and other things you can go to. And other I'm resources. I'm, I'm glad they're able to shorten down the suicide hotline to 988 instead of the whole 800 number. I think that's going to yeah. be real helpful. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's at least even if you can't remember the number, it's always just to Google, Google away. So, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it's, it's tragic yeah. every time. Yeah. Every time I, I hear about it. So, Yep. Yeah. 
All right. I can't take any more of that. That's a little too a little too deep for my day that I had today. So yeah. Gonna... yeah. It's a good night to pop in a turtles movie, sit with some popcorn and just kind of drift off to sleep, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, you guys take, take care of yourself, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Talk to you yeah. next week. See you next week. Take care. Bye.